prophetic word about rugby balls that have become flat and we're being thrown away. I really sense that, that, that the enemy is kind of like being successful in accomplishing what he wants to do to silence us. God's going to rev us up now. Okay, so we have a voice, and that voice is made to make a noise. Um, some of you might like to whisper, but not for long. Not for long. All right. Where's my wonderful son? Has he gapped it? Where's my precious son? Joel, there you are. Come here, my son. This young man carried something, and um, I, I said to him that I would, I would um, come here. You're just such a good-looking guy. Jeez. Yeah. So when we were at the um, elders' camp the, just before 412, um, we were there, and he was worshiping, and I don't know what was happening. He, he doesn't like to hang around mom and dad anymore. He hangs around everywhere else. And afterwards, well, he felt God give him something that, that he shared with us. And, um, and I said to him that I, I, I would help him share it at the right time. And I know he shared it at the youth. So, but I really feel that what he had in his heart that night is kind of like something we need to hear. So I'm asking him to share it so it's coming out of his mouth. Don't, don't give the enemy a seat at your table. Say that again, nice and loud. Don't give the enemy a seat at your table. Thanks, my boy. I'm proud of you. Don't give the enemy a seat at your table. He wants to invite himself. Don't give him the seat. He doesn't invite himself nicely. He is an intimidator. He wants to manipulate. He wants to bulldozer over you. Don't give him a seat at your table. God's calling you and I to stand up and be bolder than we've ever been before. He's asking you to stand upon the word that you know and use it as a weapon against the enemy. Why? Because you are important. You are important. So in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 and 36, the Bible says this, do not throw away your confidence. Your confidence doesn't get stolen. The Bible says you throw it away. <laughs> Circumstances make us throw it away. You and I need to keep it. Even though the enemy doesn't play fair, God's message through everything is, I love you, you are valuable, I have a plan for your life. Don't throw it away. Don't throw it away. So he says, don't throw away your confidence, which has a great reward, for you have need to endure. So when you have done the will of God, you will receive what was promised. What God promised is coming. You've just got to hang on long enough. So the devil's not interested in you and me. Because he, he just wants to abuse you. Use you, abuse you, spit you out. That's all he is. But we have a father that puts great value, and he gave heaven's best. His name was Jesus to come to set you free so that you and I could walk in that. Can I have one more than that one? Amen. Okay. No, that's cool. I'm just making sure that I still have you with me. Okay. So the question is, who are we allowing to define us? What are we allowing to define us? So I'm going to share something, please. I'm, and, and when I use illustrations of my life, it's not because I'm trying to send any message, but I'm trying to help you, okay? So, so one of the things that I had to do is coming into Josh Jen after being in the ministry for 34 years and preaching every Sunday, I had to sit in the chair. And I had to ask myself, what defines you? 
You shouldn't say amen so loud. Oh, it's you, sir. It's Trini. Trini. So, so I had to ask that question. What defines you? Am I, am I in this because I get a platform? Or am I in this because I love Jesus and I just want to serve? <laughs> I had to answer that question. And I thank God I answered it correctly. God, I just want to serve. If I never ever get a platform again, if I never ever get a microphone again, it's not the issue. Where can I make a difference with what I have that you put on the inside of me? That's it. That's my bottom line of my life. And so um, what, is, what is that voice that, that wants to sit at your table? Is it the world's opinion about you? Is it circumstances that you've gone through? Is it the people that you're hanging around? Are those voices at your table shouting louder than you? Is it the mistakes of the past? Is it maybe moments of ignorance that you didn't know better? And the enemy used that as a gap to get in there. Life's not fair, but God is good. So the Bible says we must not throw away our confidence. And the only way that you and I keep our confidence is by using heaven's measuring system to gauge ourselves. What's that? His word. It's the only thing I have to be able to measure myself according to how God sees me. And that's why it's important for you and I to be in the Word. If you're not reading the Word, you're not getting the measuring system that's measuring up to us and say, adjust over here, change this. You're not having that. And then the enemy is able to get in there. So I want to give you an illustration. There's a time in our life we had a car. We've always had a car, but this specific one. I owned it for 13 years, and in 13 years, I drove 350,000 Ks in it. If I had to sell that car to you, would you buy it? You bunch of rascals. I've just landed over here, and you are rejecting me already. (laughs) Why wouldn't you buy it? I need you to talk louder now. This is going to be held against you. High mileage, wear and tear, and... Too old. Well, it's amazing. You guys, you guys must have been related to that sales guy that I try to go and sell my car to. And he says, no, no, I don't want your car. It's too old and too high mileage. <laughs> and so for that car, they only wanted to offer me 20,000 rand. But let me say this to you. If I was somebody looking for a car, I would go and buy that, bought that car, and buy that car. That's the bad English. I would have gone and bought that car. Why? Because I was the owner of that car. I knew about the maintenance that had happened on that car. I knew that it had every service, everything that was broken was fixed. That car, I would have jumped in it that very same day, and I would have driven wherever you want me to go. Because I knew, apart from its age and the mileage on it, It was an extremely reliable car. So why could I say that about the car and everybody else wouldn't want to buy that car? See, because I was the owner of the car. And I knew the condition of the car. But now let me tell you another side of my car. That if we went and had a look on the outside, there were dents on the side. And you know why? It's because when you would go to pick and pay and park in the lot, and somebody next to you who did not have any value or or did not have any 
um, interest in my car just opens their door and it just like leaves a mark there. People with their trolleys, they're too, they're too lazy to walk around my car, so they were squeezed between my car and somebody else's car. And I come out, and all of a sudden, my car's got challenge stripes. It's been through a paint job. We go and visit people in the congregation. The dog is so excited to see the pastor come. They're jumping up on the car, and they're scratching the car. So when you looked at my car from the outside, it didn't look all that good. But you see, the people that didn't care about it did whatever they want to it. But the one that did care about it made sure it was looked after. And I want to say this, and I hope you're getting the picture that's going with this. And our life is exactly the same. That there is an enemy out there. John 10.10 10 says, a thief comes only to steal, kill, destroy. Jesus said, I came to give you life and life to the full. And our life is exactly like that car in the sense of other people don't value your life like you do. Your people don't value your life like our Heavenly Father does. So they will bang you. They will scratch you. They will do anything they can because they don't care. But there is a Heavenly Father that does care. And he, he knows the pain of all those dents and those scratches and the things that have happened to you. And every time somebody else would damage my car, I would fix it. And I want to tell you that there is a heavenly father that every time someone else damages you, he will fix it. He will fix you. Why? Because he doesn't want to see you stay broken. He doesn't want to see you limping around in life. He wants you to Walk in the fullness because he sees great value in you. In Luke chapter 4, verse 18, Jesus says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Why? A couple of things. To bring good news to the poor. He came to heal the brokenhearted. He came to bind up the wounded. He came to uh, uh, recite to the blind. He came to restore the captives. The good news today is that you and I are important. And Jesus came to bring good news, to heal, to restore, and put us back on our feet again. Hallelujah. I'm so glad he saved me. Another story that I saw on the internet was there there was a kind of like a stone show somewhere, and and a guy that loved stones went there, and and he he came across this one um, place. The guy had one stone about the size of a potato, and um, he asked the, the, the person, how much do you want for it? He said, well, I want $15 for it, but I'll take 10 And the guy, he kind of like looked at it, and he loved the color, and he loved all that kind of stuff. So what happens is he paid the $15, um, and he, uh, sorry, yeah, he paid the $15, and he went and had the stone cleaned up. To find out that when he had it valued, it was a 1.9 carat, uh, 1.9 carat natural star sapphire the largest of its kind, and was valued at $2.2 million. What was the difference between the person that was selling it at the little stall and the person that came and bought it? One never saw the value of what they had, maybe because on the outside it wasn't looking all that good, but on the inside it carried its value. And if somebody just knew how to cut it, shape it, They got the value of that stone. What time am I supposed to finish, by the way? 
Say again. When we're done. No, don't do that. The guys that said to Paul that he fell out the window and died. Don't do that. That's not going to be a good start. You see, it took the lover of a stone to recognize the worth of that thing. And it takes the lover of our soul to recognize the value that's in you and me. It takes what God thinks about us that to be more important than what everything else thinking about us around us. Not everybody in this room has grown up with their lives all together. All of us have had to overcome some sort of challenges in life. I remember when I was at school um, and I wanted to go and join the choir. And um, after auditions or whatever, they sent me away. They said, you sound like a frog. Go somewhere else. I think, oh, Lord, jeez, that's a nice encouragement for somebody who's really trying to get out there. Psalm 139, verse 14. It says this, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Can you say that? I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. No, 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 you haven't said that with enough enthusiasm. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. One more time. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Write that on your fridge. I think that's the, mo the, the most frequent door that you go through. <laughs> so remember, it didn't matter what other people thought about my car It's what I thought about my car that was more important. And your life is more important than what other people think about it. So I want to look at the story in Zacchaeus in Luke chapter 19. I'm going to read the New Living Translation. Um, and I think NIV is going to be on the board. But just listen to, because I just chose this one just for the different words. So verse 1, it says, Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through town. And there was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was one of the most influential Jews in the Roman tax-collecting business. You need to underline those words. Most influential Jew in the Roman tax-collecting business. What's wrong with that picture? You'll find out. And he had become very rich. He tried to get to look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and he climbed a sycamore tree beside the road so that he could watch from there. You see, there are things that are said about Zacchaeus. I didn't know Zacchaeus personally, but kind of things that I've read, these are the things that came out, that he was short. He just told me there, he was short. Okay, so if you are short, don't worry. There's a lot of us around. The next thing, he was a Jew in the Roman tax collecting business. Jews and Romans were enemies. How did he land up being on the other side of the fence? Well, obviously, something was happening, and he was no longer accepted by the Jewish people. Because he was getting up to something. And it says, that if you read on the story, that he had stolen a lot of money. Because so remember, tax collectors were not very honest people. In those days, they would take more than they actually should. And so he had become very rich in this whole thing. So if you steal my money, you're definitely not going to become my friend. So that's where he finds himself now. And the only people that are interested in him are the Romans because they can use him to get what they need. Kind of sounds like the, how the devil works. And, but in spite of this, the Bible tells us that Jesus, when coming in, stops, looks up at Zacchaeus, and starts to talk to Zacchaeus. So Jesus has a totally different attitude towards Zacchaeus. So the first thing we see here 
is Jesus notices Zacchaeus. And I want to tell you today, Jesus notices you. You're not hidden. He's not forgotten you. He, he's keen about you. In fact, the Bible says that when he thinks about us, he, he ghouls in heaven. He, he, he spins around violently with such enthusiasm over you and I. Have you, have you, um, have you seen uh, parents when, when their children are coming home, and especially when they've started got grandchildren? I mean, they, they, they can't sit still, as they, even if their frame doesn't want to work all that well. But it's amazing how they, they, there's so much excitement inside them all of a sudden. And that's how God looks at you and I with such excitement. Basil has a, pic, a, hair, a head that loves to color things in. And, and you know what? When I think of what God looks like or, 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 or when he looks at us, what he gets, it's almost like he says, man, I can't wait for them to wake up. I can't wait for them to get going. So Jesus notices Zacchaeus, and in 19, in the first half of verse 5, it says, And when Jesus came, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. He called him by name. When God addresses you and I, he knows our name. He not, hey, you in the crowd. He calls you by name because he loves you. He loves you. Now, if I don't get your name right in the beginning, it doesn't mean to say that I don't love you. Just help me. Okay, just be gracious with me over here. You see, here's the thing. Here's Zacchaeus made many mistakes. And Jesus doesn't hold those mistakes against him. In fact, so what happens is we, how Jesus looks at Zacchaeus here, we can see that Jesus always will, will, will um, give us hope that we can stand back up again and we can get going again. He hasn't forgotten about us completely. People will give up on us, but Jesus hasn't forgotten us. In Hebrews 13, 5, it says he never leaves us nor forsakes us. Have you felt like there's times, Lord, where are you? Have you felt there? I've been there many times. But I've had to stand on this passage of Scripture. God, you said you never leave me. So you're here somewhere. I'm not hearing you right now. All the things that are happening to me are so loud, I can't hear you, but I know that you said you never leave me. So you're here. So I keep, I keep communicating with him. And he knows everything about me. He knows my strengths. He knows my weaknesses. He knows everything. There's nothing hidden. So in Luke 12, verse 7, Jesus says, and the very hairs on your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are more valuable to, to him than the whole flock of sparrows. He knows. Some of us, he doesn't have to count a lot. But some of us, he's going to spend a long time there. How do I say I care? How do I say care? Who said that? Time. You spell care, T-I-M-E. When I give you my time, I am showing you I care. Jesus stops. He stops wherever he's going to, and he takes time to address Zacchaeus. And he makes Zacchaeus feel important again. So time, I care. Have you? I love going to, um, because sometimes we're invited to end-of-year functions and the plays, and, the, and I love going to the ones with the little kids. Because, man, they're looking for mom and dad inside the crowd. 
And then they forget that they're actually on a play. And then and they're jumping around like nobody else can see them. And they're trying to get hold of mom and dad's attention. Jesus, I want you to know, can see you jumping up and down in the crowd. And you've got his attention. You've got his attention. Are you okay still? Still light outside, not dark yet. Number two, Jesus builds Zacchaeus up. And Jesus will build you and I up again as well. He will not leave you down. He will not leave you despondent. So Zacchaeus had become the joke and he was rejected for most of his life. And in verse, the, the second half of Luke 19, 5, so Zacchaeus said, Jesus said, Zacchaeus, quick, come down, for I must be a guest at your home. I must be a guest in your home. So Jesus doesn't just come in and reject him. He takes note of him and then invites himself into Zacchaeus' home. Now, guaranteed that got a reaction in the crowd. Why? Because everybody knew who Zacchaeus was. And I want to say to you tonight and to me and to everybody, it doesn't matter what the crowd is saying about you. Jesus, what he says is more important. It's more important. How many of you went to boarding school? Wasn't it fun? <laughs> Let me tell you what I remember about boarding school. Boarding school exposed anything that was weak about you. If you gave them a reason to find out something that you didn't like or you were not good at, I'm telling you what, everybody wrote you. Is that right? Yeah. And, and then you never lived it down for the rest of your So I was in boarding school for the whole of high school life. Man, I'm telling you, whole of high school life. You got a nickname in the beginning. You lived that thing right until the day you left. And then you were so glad because you're hoping that that nickname was never picked up by anybody else so that you could start a new life after school. So boarding school had an amazing building of exploiting you, making fun of you. And Zacchaeus was that kind of person where everybody made fun of him and, and used him as a joke. This is Basil's colorful mind now speaking, okay? You won't find that in the Bible. But, but just kind of just made so fun of him, nagged him. And in fact, I don't think the crowd actually kept it a secret of what they felt about Zacchaeus. They were very vocal about that because you can see it in the response when Jesus invites himself to Zacchaeus' home and the crowd are not happy. And in Ephesians 2 verse 10, listen to what the Bible says. It says, for we are God's workmanship. Another Bible version says masterpiece. I love that. Created in Christ to do good works. You are God's masterpiece. You are his you, you, you are the best that he put together. Isn't that nice to know? I'm, I, I'm very happy about that one. Romans 8 says we are co-heirs, joint heirs with Christ. In 2 Chronicles 16, 9, it says the eyes of the Lord roam to and fro to show himself strong on our behalf. God's looking for an opportunity to just demonstrate his greatness for you and I. Yeah, I'm so glad he doesn't keep a record of all our wrongs. 
In Romans 8.31, if God is for us, who can be against us? The enemy can use whatever he wants to, and he can use whatever crowd he wants to. But if God is for you, that means nothing. That's the best news that you could get is that God is for you. In verse 35, it says, who can separate us from the love of Christ? Can persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword? No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. More than conquerors. Jeremiah 29, I know the plans I have for you. Plans what? To prosper you, not to harm you. Give you hope, to give you a future. Our future is great in Jesus. I need to move. So Jesus notices Zacchaeus, he notices us. He lifts him up, he lifts us up. Number three, Zacchaeus, I mean, Jesus wanted Zacchaeus. He never ignored him. He wanted, and I want to say to you, Jesus wants us. Wants us. Jesus is not interested in public opinion. He has his own opinion. He has his own opinion about you and I. And I'm keen to know what his opinion is, and I find it in his word. Every promise that his word says about me is his opinion about me. That's why I need to get to know what his promises are. I need to put them up there. I need to get them in my heart. I need to renew my mind with them. Why? Because that's the only weapon I have against the enemy that wants to destroy me. People made sure Zacchaeus didn't, uh, that they didn't like him. So Jesus didn't only look at him in the tree, called him down, and he went to his home. Jesus is not interested in... Uh, Jesus is interested in changing us, not condemning us. There's not one person that's sitting in this room that's not failed. There's not one person in this room that, that, that somewhere along the line we've disappointed God. Every single one of us. But he's never held it against us. Never. But he's put an opportunity. I, I love the words that are coming about how God is gentle. and how God, Breakthrough. God wants to do things with you and I. So every time God speaks to you, he wants to ignite something inside me and you to get us to get up again. Get up again. Why do you think a boxer in a boxing room when he's taken a punch? And I mean, everything inside him is sore. But his corner is saying, get up. Get up. You can get up. You've got it in you. Get up. And in spite of the pain, in spite of everything else, he will pull himself up on the ropes to stay in the fight. Why? Because his corner told him, we believe in you. Jesus believes in us. Romans 1, 8, 8, 1, it says this, therefore now there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. A good example of that is the prodigal son, and I'm not going to use that just for the sake of time. So what is the result? And listen to this in verse 9 of Luke 19. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, I, and this is, this is so powerful. He says this, I will give half my wealth to the poor. And Lord, and if I have overcharged people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Lord, will you talk to our tax people as well? Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today. And for this man has shown himself to be a son of Abraham. Zacchaeus was so grateful that day that his life turned around like that. And he fixed the wrongs. And I believe that he became an amazing man. So the most selfish man became a generous man. Generosity is the fruit of a changed life. That's why we as Christians are so grateful. 
and generous with our gift, our time, our talent, our treasure, everything we have. Why? Because we're so grateful of how good God has been to us. The challenge today is that you're important. So don't hide from Jesus. Run to him. That was tonight's word. Run to him. Come and sit at his feet. Don't stay ashamed. Get cleansed and restored. Don't stay a slave. Become a son again. Don't stop being bullied by the devil and become bold for Jesus. I want to use a last illustration. I've also got a hundred rand. I just want you to know yours was crumpled, mine's not. So if I had to ask, who wants this? What? Are you serious? No, 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 sit down. Sit down. <laughs> yes. Hey, don't sit down. Be, be obedient. If I had to spit on it. If I had a cr- okay, I'm going to turn it into the kind of hundred rand that he carries around. If I had to crumple it up like this, who would still want it? No, you guys, there's something wrong with you. If I had to throw it on the floor, stamp on it. You don't know where I've walked, by the way. You don't know where I've walked. Would you still want it? Yeah, my hundred rand looking terrible. My goodness. You still want it? I need to talk to you elders about the congregation, okay? So our next meeting, we're going to have a lot of talk about. If I had to throw away and say that it's worth it, where's my money? Thanks. Why would you still want it? And he answered it. Listen, it doesn't matter whether I spat on it. It doesn't matter whether I crumpled it up. It doesn't matter whether I stood on it and walked all over it. It doesn't matter whether I've rejected this thing. It still has its value. And I want to say for your life, It doesn't matter what's happened to you. It doesn't matter who said what about you. It doesn't matter who's walked all over you. It doesn't matter who's abused you. Here's something that I've lived by. If somebody rejects me, I'm not the loser. They are. You know why? Because when God put me together, he put a whole lot of stuff on the inside of me. And he intended that that would be a blessing wherever I go. You reject me. You reject what God put inside me to be a blessing to you. Because life can get difficult. People do reject you. So whether somebody has walked all over you and doesn't really matter, your value in heaven is exactly the same. You are still fearfully and wonderfully made. And the rest of that verse says, and my soul knows that well. My soul knows that well. Now, who really wants the 100 grand? What are you going to do with this? Put it in a savings account. Buy some. If you buy sweets, promise you, brew, you're not going to sleep. But here's the thing. You're welcome to have this 100 grand, but here's one thing. You can only spend it once. Be careful how you spend it. You only have one life. Be careful how you spend it. Amen.
You are important. You are important. Never forget that. Doesn't matter what happens to you. You are important. Don't run away from God. Run to Him. Don't run away from the people of God. Run to them. People are the people. That's not going to make sense. People, God has put people in place to help you and me. Don't run away from them. Run to them. Come, let's close our eyes. We worship you, Jesus. We magnify your name. Father, our hearts are really touched because you love us. You put such value on us. And that has never changed. Even though sin's intention was to destroy us and make us into nothing. You loved us so much that you came and you paid the price for sin so that we walk free. And I pray that tonight it will be a revelation knowledge to every single one of us that you love us and that we are important to you. I'm asking that who, whoever's been hurt in this group of people and whoever can hear if this has been recorded, whoever will hear this, I pray that you would stir their heart to stand up again in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. If you're sitting in this room, I don't want to embarrass anybody. But something in your heart has been struck. And you feel that this word is for you. And you want to respond to it. I'm asking, will you just stand where you are, please? We're drawing a line in the sand tonight. This is the end. The enemy will not bully you. You will not allow him to bully you after tonight. That you will walk with your head held high, knowing who's for you. And that he's an amazing God. He holds you in the palm of your hand. Have you noticed that when anybody gets hold of a bird that's fallen out of a nest or something that can't help itself, they immediately put it into the palm of their hand and they hold it to their chest because that's the most gentle place that you and I can hold anything and that is the safest place is to put it near your heart. And that's what God does. It says that he holds us in the palm of his hand and that you're special to him. So, Father, I pray for those that are standing and those that are not standing, every single one of us. Number one, I break the condemnation that the enemy has placed over people. We declare it as a work of wickedness, and I declare that it will not have its way in people's lives any longer. We draw a line today in the spirit realm and by the blood of Jesus, and we, we say that every, every root of rejection... Every misunderstanding, every, everything that the enemy has used, Father, we, we destroy that thing by the name of Jesus. Your word says that we take every thought captive and we bring it under the obedience. If there is a thought in our mind that keeps on exalting itself above what your word says, Father, we choose to pull it down. I thank you for that right now. I'm asking that, Father, you would touch every heart right now where the pain, where there's pain, Pray pain stops right now. And I thank you. Comfort comes and joy replaces that. And I declare that the joy of the Lord is our strength. In Jesus' name, I thank you. And now we choose not to look 
back, but to look forward. And Father, if there's other things that need to be touched on in our life, will you daily speak to us? Tomorrow morning, I pray, when they spend time in the Word and time in prayer, they will know that tonight has been a changing moment in their life. In Jesus' name, I speak your peace upon them. And I thank you that they will have a new song in their heart. In Jesus' name, I commit every single one of them to you. And I bless him and I speak your life in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Come on, let's just celebrate that moment. Let's just give glory to praise. That is amazing. The Bible says, he who the Son sets free is free indeed. You're free indeed. Amen. I've gone too long, but can I ask one more question? Is there anybody sitting in here? You maybe have never made a decision to serve Jesus Christ, or maybe you did at one time, but you kind of like things have got too much for you, and you've wandered away. You become cold, and you're really sensing God challenging your heart to come back again or to give your life for the first time. Is there anybody in this room that is there? I'm just being bold now, and, and we're not yet to embarrass you, but I believe that big decisions happen in big moments like this. Is there anybody? If you are concerned about people watching you, whatever, please come and talk to myself or the elders. Do you know who the elders are? Can I ask the elders quickly stand up, please? And your wives so that you can go and... Okay, so these amazing people, all right? You two have just become elders. You did not know that. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. If you want to, if you want to give your life or, you, or you're struggling with something, please go and talk to them. Thank you so much for being here tonight. I pray God's word will change you forever. And I love you, and I'm, I want to say, I don't know you yet, but there's a love in my heart to see God do great things in you, with you, and through you. Can I pray for you, please? So, Father, I commit these wonderful people to you. We are a privileged family to join and spend life with this congregation. I commit them to you. I'm asking that this week you would order their steps, that everything they put their hand to, God, they would see your breath breathe upon it and bring answers and breakthrough and all the things that they believe in you for. In Jesus' name, look after them, your angels encamp around them, your blood to be upon them. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. You're going to have an amazing week. And um, the comms are running on Wednesday. Good stuff. I'm going to pitch up somewhere. I don't know where. I just, I've got a bunch of informers. They go here, go there. So I just go. Amen. Love you so much. God bless you. Thank you to the worship team, to the sound guys, and everybody that made this possible.